Welcome to episode 26 of the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast. Today we talk about candy and why it's not bad. We've really become a society where we demonize candy and become really afraid of it. And so in this podcast, we'll discuss how we bought into that idea that candy is bad, why thinking candy is bad actually makes us want it more, and how we can look at candy differently. We're in an all-candy zone today. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kim McLaughlin of the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast. I am a psychotherapist, motivational coach, speaker, author, and podcaster. I help people when they're feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, and overloaded, and it shows up in overeating and overdieting. I help them come to a place of having peace with food and really peace in their lives. Today, we are so into the conversation about peace with food because as I'm doing this recording, we have just finished Halloween, and I got to say, people are on the edge about candy. And so we're going to talk about why candy is not bad. And I'm not going to talk about the idea of the nutritional aspect of candy because I'm not a nutritionist. I can't comment on any of that. But what I can comment on is the feelings that come up around the idea that candy's not bad. And I, I want you to consider as I'm starting this podcast that you wonder or um, kind of check in with yourself if you're feeling angry at me right now because I'm saying candy's not bad. And you might be thinking, well, Kim, of course it's bad. We're not supposed to have candy. It's not good for us. What I hear people talking about as we went into Halloween and now that we're done with Halloween is that there's a lot of fear around candy. And they actually are talking about, I hear people saying that they um, don't want to have it. They don't want to have it around. I talked in a previous podcast about Halloween and candy and how at the beginning of October, people were buying candy and then eating it. And they were mad at themselves that they ate all of their candy. And I heard other people talk about, um, having their husbands or partners hide the candy so that they don't get into it. Or they would wait until Halloween day because they were so afraid to have candy in the house. And I got to say that made me feel kind of sad that there's such a fear and anxiety around candy that I thought we really needed to have a podcast just focused on candy and the idea of candy. Now that we're done with Halloween, um, I am hearing a lot of talk about people wanting to stay away from it and saying, you know, get away from me, kind of like it's evil or there's something really horrible about it. And they're having their um, partners hide it now that the that the um, trick-or-treating is done. They'll hide the candy from or they'll want their partner to hide it from them. And they're also getting angry at themselves that they ate it. I ate one piece. I'm mad at myself. Or I ate, I only ate one piece. Yay for me. And there's a lot of applause that you've only eaten just one. And so there's this really, this intense look at 
candy and did I have candy? Did I have too much? Am I going to have it? Is it around? And there is this extreme level of fear. I want you to sit with that and that there is this piece of food that we're extraordinarily fearful of. Like it's the big boogeyman. Like that's what I always get around Halloween is that there is this huge fear of candy along the same lines of this fear of ghosts or fear of goblins and all those um, kind of scary things that we talk about and have in our kind of in our path around Halloween time. And this great fear of candy, I think, is out of proportion with what candy really can be about. And I want you to start imagining that you can look at and think about candy in a different way that doesn't make it scary. Can you imagine having candy around and not feeling scared of it? Eating a piece and not feeling scared that you're going to eat more or choose not to have any because it just doesn't fit with you right now. This is really taking candy out of the realm of being attached to our emotions. And I like to use the ideas in intuitive eating. I've talked about intuitive eating before where we're really looking at what is our body really needing and but what is our body really hungry for? In intuitive eating, we don't see food as good or bad. It just is food. And granted, candy's not necessarily a nutritious food, but it certainly is a fun food. And it certainly is a food that tastes good and we like and we've made it a bad food. And I want you to consider that having candy in your mind as bad sets you up actually to want it more. It makes sense to me why you think candy's bad. This is what we've all grown up with and how we've all been trained that we are supposed to think of candy as bad and that we're supposed to restrict it. It's really how we've all been trained. And as I was thinking about this podcast, I was thinking about my start with my obsession with food. And I thought it might be a good story to tell because um, it helps. I think you know that I understand what it's about, but also it can put it in context about how we can get out of balance with food and with candy and with our lives and emotions. And that really it takes the, I you know, those six core principles that I talk about in terms of getting them all in balance, the physical, the emotional, the mental, the lifestyle, the mindfulness, and self-love. When those are all in balance, we don't want to overeat. We don't want to eat anything that doesn't make us feel good. And if we have candy, we have some candy, fine, and then we're done with it and we move on. And it's not a big deal. My story is really a story about a kid who had emotional issues going on when I was around eight years old, my parents got a divorce and my mom, my brother, and I moved from Southern California to Northern California and really left all the family and people that we knew in Southern California and really started a new lives for ourselves. What happened for me is that I never thought of the divorce having any kind of emotional impact on me. Actually, for a lot of years, if you would have asked me what impact it had, I would have said nothing. It it was fine. I, I was fine with it. 
except when you look at the pictures, the weight gain was enough where you could notice it at a, at a young age, around nine, 10 years old, you could see that I had gained weight. And that really is not the major issue. It's just kind of the outer manifestation of what was going on inside for me. But what I notice now as I reflect back on what happened for me at that point in time is that I began to obsess about food. I've obsessed a lot about um, candy, actually, and I wanted it on a daily basis and I would go out of my way to hide it, to get it and to eat it. And that was where I the starting spot was. So when the overeating and the constant eating and that obsession started to show up on my body in terms of weight gain, I didn't know what to do. And there was a lot of comments about my body, about my weight. And finally, when I was um, a young teenager, my mom offered a diet to me. And I took it because that's what you're supposed to do or what I learned you're supposed to do. And I think what our society thinks we're supposed to do is that when we gain weight, we're supposed to go on a diet. But when you think about it, the diet actually didn't solve my problem. And and it started the roller coaster ride of increasing weight, go on a diet, binge, feel guilty and ashamed, go on a diet binge, be guilty and ashamed and go on a diet. It was that circular motion that I talk about with all of you about where diets lead us back to binging. And that is absolutely my story. When you think about a kid who starts to obsess about food, about candy, sneaking food, eating to well over full, feeling really uncomfortable, that actually the starting spot wasn't the weight gain. So if you look at the weight gain, that was just the outer manifestation. And if you look at before that, I began to obsess about the food. But when you look at before that, what was going on? My family had a huge change in in every way. We moved from Southern California to Northern California. My dad wasn't in the picture anymore. It was just me, my mom, and my brother. And we struggled with money. And we had to start this whole new life. I mean, don't you think that a kid would have a lot of emotions at that point in time that really weren't addressed? And this is not a negative about my family. It's just we never thought of expressing emotions or thinking about emotions or wondering what's going on, especially back when I was growing up. And we didn't know then that emotions lead to obsession about food, which leads to weight gain, which leads to emotions, which leads to obsession about food, which leads to weight gain. And I was definitely on that kind of hamster wheel of going round and around. What I think of when I look back is that the starting spot was the emotions and those weren't dealt with. They were never dealt with. And it started me on a spiral cycle of of weight gain, feeling bad about myself, and then dieting. And that didn't stop. That horrible feeling and those emotions reflected in my overeating didn't stop until I learned about intuitive eating. Until that point in time, 
it was really about what's the next diet that I'm supposed to go on in order to stop the weight. Do you get that? So the focus is on the diet and decreasing the weight rather than the emotions that led to the overeating, the lifestyle that led to the overeating. And it began to be so entrenched that it really got caught up or I really got caught up in overeating for a lot of different reasons that went well beyond emotions, but there was never a fix back in the beginning with those original emotions that started me overeating. As I said, I learned that the only way I could manage food and my body was I had to diet. And that's what everybody says. And think of that, that dieting mindset is really the mindset that comes in when we think about, I can't eat that candy. I'm afraid of having candy. I ate too much candy. Keep that candy away from me. But that diet mindset, that diet mentality, that diet behavior actually doesn't work. I've talked about this before, everyone, but the Americans spend 60 plus billion dollars on diet and weight loss products. $60 billion on diet and weight loss products. But if you think about it, it's a growing commodity. It's a growing industry. And it doesn't work over the long term. Or it would be out of business. They would all be out of business. What we've all learned is that when we have something wrong or when we have a weight gain that that means instantly we have to diet or if we overeat it means instantly we have to diet what happens when we're continually in that diet mindset we end up hating ourselves and hating our body more and more and it makes us want to eat and that's exactly my story and ex exactly the story of all the people that I work with so I think you might be wondering then how does candy fit into this it's because it's this food that we think we can't have. And as I stated, when we look at intuitive eating, food is food. No food is better than worse than others. There are foods that will help you with where you're at, that will give you the energy to do the things you do, to give you the, the strength to do what you need. And even though candy isn't in a real food group, it's really delicious and it's pleasurable and it's something that we want. And when it's pleasurable, we want to have it. But when we put candy in the place of dealing with our fears, dealing with our sadness, dealing with our emotions, it's going to be something we're going to turn to to help us take care of ourselves. I think why we go really kind of crazy over candy at this time in um, the year around the October time, you know, I talked about the holiday trifecta when we have this really engaged look or overarching look at food and candy and sweets is because we deny ourselves a lot during the rest of the year and we don't allow ourselves to have these things in in portions that are enough to where we feel satisfied and so we really go all out at Halloween time especially because we get the candy that we don't allow ourselves during the rest of the year and there's this idea of habituation and that if we just allow ourselves to have it randomly at various times we're not actually going to want it all the time because it's not it's not something that we can't have when it's something that we can't have we actually want it more think about it if i say don't look in the you know to the left 
because there's something over there, you're going to say, what do you mean? And you'll look over to the left and look. And the same thing with candy and with sweets is when we say we can't have it, we actually want to have it more. And I'm saying that this isn't an opportunity for a free-for-all, but it's an opportunity to look at what goes on around candy and why are we so hyper-vigilant with it and fearful of it. Hi everyone, this is Kim and my book is out. Feed Your Soul, Nourish Your Life, A Six-Step System to Peace with Food is live. I recommend you get it. It has all my six components of feeding your soul as well as my own story. Pick it up now. You can find it on my website at feedyoursoulunlimited.com. Thanks. When we look at this with intuitive eating, we're looking at our body signals for what do we really want when are we hungry? What would satisfy us? And truthfully, sometimes that can be candy. What often will come up for people is the fear that if they allow themselves to have a little bit, they're going to want to have it all. What we know through intuitive eating is that when we allow ourselves to have something, have whatever kind of food that we really want, we're not going to want it all the time. I promise you, you will not want to have candy all the time. You might have some, you might have more than you think you want, and you're not going to want to have it more because our bodies just aren't made that way. When you really are in intuitive eating, you're not going to want candy all the time. And if you want it, you'll have it, and then you'll move on after that. When we overthink about candy, it's because we're engaging in the fear of what we've been taught is good food and bad food. So I'm encouraging you to take candy out of the idea of being bad food. And it's just food and it can be something that you can have as you want it. And it's not off limits. Obviously, if you have some kind of medical condition this is something you need to talk about with your doctor about how sugar fits in with your medical condition. That's a whole different game that I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the feeling part of what feelings get engaged around candy. So when we talk about this, I always love to talk about what can we do differently. And today I actually want us to do more kind of an internal dialogue and process to figure out what to do. First, I really encourage you to notice the anxiety that is around sugar. And notice when you feel anxious about sugar, when you feel anxious that it's around. And wonder what that anxiety means. Wonder what that fear means for you and start noticing it. Is it possibly that you have a fear of gaining weight? Do you have a fear of being out of control or a fear of being fat? Notice what that anxiety means for you and really ask those deeper questions of what is this about for me? And as you find the answer and and then ask yourself again, well, what is this about for me? And you'll get to a deeper understanding about what this anxiety around sugar is about for you. Another thing you can do is notice how you've restricted sugar and you still want it. How have you restricted sugar throughout your life and how have you made it bad? What are those thought processes that you've had throughout your life that you have thought about food 
or I'm sorry, what you thought about sugar and thought that you needed to restrict it. Ask yourself more questions about that. What does that mean for me that I've wanted to restrict sugar and that I've thought about restricting it and that I've actually restricted it? And what does that mean for you? Lastly, I wonder what it would mean for you to have a peaceful relationship with sugar, a peaceful relationship with candy, and a peaceful relationship with food, where it's all just food. It's just something that you look inside and wonder, what does my body really want? What does my body really need? And what's in my best interest to have the fuel to do the things I need to do? And we take candy out of the realm of being bad or evil, but it's just something that's there. And is it something I really want or is my body really craving something else? I promise you that when you're really in touch with your body and what your body really wants and you have peace with food, you're not going to crave candy all the time. You can have candy in the house and it's not a big deal because you have it if you want it. And you don't have it if you don't want it. It's literally not a big deal. And that's what intuitive eating does for us is it gives us this place of peace with food. And candy isn't bad. It's just something I might have as I want it, but I don't have it all the time. Just I don't have like I don't have any other one food all of the time. I have a wide variety of food because I'm looking at food as being fuel for my body and noticing what my body needs and I'm not in conflict with any of that. So let's make those questions the doable for this week. Noticing the fear of of sugar, that anxiety around sugar. Notice how you've restricted it and that you still want it. And wonder what a peaceful relationship with food could be. Make that doable this week in the form of journaling those as questions. And I'll put those questions actually in the show notes so that you can have them readily at your um, disposal so that you can ask those questions and journal on them and begin to wonder what that anxiety around sugar and candy is really about for you. I think you're so brave for listening to this. This is a a tough conversation to have and it really goes against the grain of what our society tells us in terms of sugar and that it needs to be bad and that we need to not have it and that it is really the worst thing we could have. I want us to move in a place with peace, peace with food, peace with sugar, peace in our lives and truly once you examine where sugar fits for you, you'll have such a greater sense of peace and peace in your life. Make it a great week. I look forward to talking with you next week on the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast. We come to you every Monday with fresh new ideas to help you end emotional eating and put food in its proper place as nourishment. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and review it and let us know what you think. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) 